The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This podcast is presented by Redbox Games. Try before you buy. Hey gamers, before you drop your hard-earned cash on every new game you see, why not try games before you buy them at Redbox? Rent all the hottest titles like Fallout 4 and Call of Duty Black Ops 3 for just 3 bucks a night. Download the app or visit redbox.com to find a location near you. Terms and conditions apply. See redbox.com for details. Beyond. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. PlayStation. Beyond, 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 that works, I guess. Mine was, I said phrase. hi to Max. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was um, your catchphrase. So obviously the big topic today is Fallout. Yeah. Fallout just came out. It's one of the most anticipated games of a while. Yeah. It's been, it's been some time. People have been really Possibly to of it. this generation. The 21st yeah. I think it's yeah. a century. Very, very safe. safe I mean, that and like Metal Gear Solid Five. I would say. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, in any case, we put it up. Uh, Dan Stapleton reviewed it. He gave it a 9.5 out of 10. That's right. It was a 95 mm-hmm. out of 100. That's a 19 out of 20. That's a, that's a darn good score. Yeah. What do we make of it? Uh, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, it's the most fun I've had playing a video game this year, uh, and uh, that's uh, saying a lot. Cause now, Jared, you're kind of famously a pretty casual gamer. You don't really get too in-depth with games, yep. and you frequently uh, you don't fully understand the systems within them. <laughs> that's How true. many hours have you put into Fallout? Uh, I think in playing, that's all or, a playing, or, playing, <laughs> playing or playing and writing, because those are two different things. Yeah. Uh, in terms of actual playing, probably only about 50 hours. In terms of playing and writing, at this point, well over 100. Okay, well, given that the game has been out for, like, 14 hours at this point, that's pretty good. Uh, you've obviously been working on the wikis for this and everything, yeah. all, all the guides. Yeah. Uh, you're also heading up a... You're heading up... It's called the thoroughfare. Uh, sure. Here. Uh, you're heading up the, uh, the Fallout podcast we're doing, right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, the Vault, Vault, IGN, whatever we want to call the thing. Uh, this sure. week, the Fallout uh, 4 Review Spectacular. We're having kind of a TV special. Uh, cool. It's fun. Uh, you know, we're going to have a special guest like Wilford Brimley coming in. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. What? What? Uh, really? No. 
Uh, but uh, the ghost of Wilford Brimley. He's yeah. not dead. Uh, no, he not? he's still alive. He's talking about the diabetes. Um, okay. He's still alive. Anyway, but no, yeah, the vault has been and reception from the audience has been great. Thank you so much, everybody who watched, and uh, uh, we really appreciate it and wrote in. Now, obviously, a lot of people are really excited about this game. Um, I played a very short amount of it, and I did probably the quickest 180 I've done with a game in my recollection. What was that 180? You were, you, were, you were coming into this super stoked. You are telling I, us all your cool so stories about bugs and yep. Fallout 3. I love, I love, like, Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games ever. It is the game that got me into modern gaming as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. I was in college, wasn't really focused on games too much. Uh, I played a few hours of Fallout 4 on PS4, and I was... Just sort of simultaneously overwhelmed and underwhelmed, and oh. I don't want to. I don't want to crap all over it. I mm-hmm. just I think it's. I think it's still a game. A lot of people are going to really enjoy, but it is exactly a game I don't want right now. Can you qualify what was underwhelming about it for you? Um, so it was very familiar. You know, it, it felt a lot like there are parts of it that feel very new, and there's parts of it that feel like if somebody modded Fallout Three into Skyrim's engine. Okay. Yeah. And sure. I was kind of expecting. One thing I was really hoping for was that we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have loading screens. You know, because I, I will say that that was probably my biggest one of my biggest issues with it. Uh, and we'll get into all that obviously today. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking a lot about Fallout. If you're not into it, and by the way, we'll do our best to stay away from any sort of story yeah, spoilers. Yeah, sure. stuff. We'll avoid that. Sure. I don't think that's fair for you or fair for us or anything like that. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll keep this pretty clean. Yeah. But I think that I, I was expecting more of that kind of generational leap. And I think at the start of this generation, when we bought PS4s and Xbox Ones and high end gaming PCs, a lot of people really expected that sort of jump from like Nintendo to Super Nintendo or when games went 3D Uh, and then I think when the dust settled a little bit we realized that this gen wasn't really about that it was really more about refining a lot of the infrastructures and systems that we had on last gen Mm -hmm. which meant that a lot of the things that we uh, had maybe become over encumbered with no pun intended for fallout uh, we wouldn't have to deal with anymore Um, and loading screens being one of the big ones and I was a big guy for Bloodborne this year. Bloodborne notoriously had minute-long load screens. But the, but the difference is it had a minute-long load screen, and then until you die, you don't get another loading screen. Yeah. So if you're uh, uh, after a couple hours in the game, you could have 30, 40 hour-long runs right. without a loading screen. Yeah, if, you, if could you actually, were really good at you know one of the hardest video games. Yeah, of the year. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really a big Souls guy, but that was one of those games that loaded in sixty seconds. So it's a pain mm-hmm. in the ass. Fallout has a lot. Yeah. To of clarify, loads. the load screens are the kind where if you want to go into a building, mm-hmm. it shows you. A, one of the many lovingly rendered objects in the Fallout universe yep. rotating. Yep. It's basically a Skyrim load, load yeah. screen. Yep. Uh, with actually helpful <clears throat> tips this time, which is yeah. very nice. So yeah, that's absolutely. Tips screen, it's nice to have. It's not like, hey, run faster by holding yeah. this. It's like, yeah. here's this kind of weapon, which we are just confirming exists in the game and the kind of places you might find it. And you're like, whoa. Sure. You know, that's um, yeah. My immediate, like, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't put much time into the game. I kind of sort of stuck a couple toes in and was like, I think this is too deep. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the right place for this right now. Like, I... I'm feeling, you know, frequently overwhelmed by work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a house. I have a dog. I have a, a, a fiance. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I should be spending more attention to. Sure. And I threw 90 hours at Metal Gear. Yeah, I was just about to say. So, what was it about Metal Gear a yeah. month or two ago um, that was different? Do you think? Because you had a dog then too. You did have a dog then. He has a yeah. dog. In Maybe that I've game. already trained yeah. one virtual dog this year, and it's kind of that's so. Is that it then? Are you fatigued <laughs> on open world games? I mean, no, I think it's specifically that Fallout is a lot of moving parts. Yep. And I remember distinctly going from, I think I, I jumped from playing Fallout 3 to playing uh, Red Dead Redemption and being a little bit annoyed that you couldn't 
pick up and look at every single object in the universe. Am right. I dead? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, there's pans on the back <laughs> of the cart, but you can't you can't do anything yeah. with well, them. Yeah. And there was a time when I really wanted that, but at this point, like playing playing Fallout gave me the same kind of weird anxiety I got when my house is too messy. Mm-hmm. Like it it feels like kind of a it's kind of a junk shop of a game. And I like yeah. junk shops are cool. I like to go to them. I like to no, go to flea markets yeah. and yard sales and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a game that's all about finding bits and pieces and connecting them and then kind of refurbishing a house and it's just like this is this is a game that is doubling down on the fact that people will live in this game. Well, it's like you said, uh, underwhelming and overwhelming for you. Both the arguments you made that made you feel negatively about it, those are things that made me feel positive about sure. it. Sure. And they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, and I acknowledge the le- legitimacy of what you're saying there, but you talked about it being, you know, very familiar. Well, for me, it was kind of like, you know, it was a lover's gentle embrace type thing. Hey, I've been away for many years. I've yeah. come back and there you are. I mean, they're Let's not, get they're not shy about again. that. You the know? slogan of the right. game is welcome home. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, and I loved that. It, it felt it was it was comforting to go back to. It was something I discovered. Hey, I've missed this. And then the the new degree of complexity. I mean, yes, they've streamlined some of the systems. The perks are, are much simpler than the old skill system. But they've added the crafting layer, um, which is a whole other world of new mind-numbing, like, like everything you pick up now has a purpose and a useful purpose. Well, and, and it I, has a purpose if you get involved in that crafting system, yeah. which the game never really truly makes you feel like you have to. You don't have to. But you don't that's have part to. Part of what I like about, there, about it is it, it is an essential part of some basic rudimentary mission structure to create a generator using trash and rubber yeah. nipples that you find, and connecting it to a wall and setting up a reception tower to make a. a, a transmission and that is part of a mission you can haphazardly diagonally slap that generator down to the yep. ground slap the thing next to it connect it with a wire using the button and walk away and that's about as much crafting as you would have to do if you have to but if you want to you can go in there and not only does crafting reward you with new traders to visit your town with new wares that you're not going to find sure. other ways but it also gives you hours and hours of entertainment fighting off different attacks and trying and experimenting with different things it, it, you can level up just by building stuff mm-hmm. there are perks just for building stuff it's very very minecrafty I appreciated that all that's there, and they're like, yeah, you can do that if you want, and there's a use to it and great rewards, but you don't have to. You can walk away so from yeah. it. I like But that. that's that's kind of my crux, uh, the crux of my issues with this game. Okay. And I I, fa- I probably fall somewhere between the two of you on this, and that you're totally in love with it, yeah. and Max, you're sort of not – you just – kind of off put by it you only play the first few hours i played almost 25 hours of fallout 4 we got our copies about a week or two ago i put people were tweeting at me like how'd you play 25 hours in 25 minutes i mean look at where i work it's like one of the few one of the few i I can't dance right but one of the things i can do is get get a game early and play it for a while and you know, you see, you can learn how to dance. Yeah, I don't I feel think like so. you'd be a real good. You can dance if you want. He, uh, yeah, he actually could. will dance to uh, "We Built This City" on rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's your, see. Your wife told me about that. We it's built pretty funny. This city. Well, I mean, they they we built, built a city on rock and roll. It's amazing. It's, amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can probably do in Fallout. Um, so one oh, of the man, things that I slick. that was just so sad. One time. of the things that I uh, I okay. So let's get let's just get this out of the way because I've had this on my chest for a while. This is a very giant very beautiful looking game there are a lot of people that are looking at this game saying it's ugly and texturally it's not as impressive uh it looks like a people like it's a ps2 game look at the dog he doesn't have as much fur as the dog on on in metal gear i think most of those assessments are based on the creepy baby uh i I totally get that (laughs) and i I think that if you if you boil down a lot of this game to just tiny little pieces Mm, of it you it's so easy to be reductive right but what you have to do is look at the big picture and say there are moments when you the star of this game is the world 
And we are walking around this world and you're watching the weather and, and the night and day shift when all of a sudden this toxic fog rolls over this hill and it's going through a familiar area that you've passed through four times already. But you're seeing it for the fifth time with this thick green smoke over it and there's these super mutants busting out. And in the horizon, there's the silhouette of a creature that's unlike you've ever seen before. And you know when you approach it, you're going to die, but something makes you want to roll that dice and get there. There's something immaculate and magical about that that I've never experienced in any other game not even Fallout 3 I think there's something here that's doing that on such a better Mm -hmm. level than it ever has before and I think that that world and those creatures and and exploring sections of like I, I was walking along a pier and all of a sudden like four toxic nuclear lobsters popped out of the ground and started fighting me and my friends uh, my friends my companions in the game this ragtag group of a dog and a robot and this other guy who just happened to be hanging out with me because of the way I carved my mission structure mm-hmm. there's a lot of really magical moments that happen like that and those are the things that kept me going because it was very difficult otherwise to really put up with a lot of what the game couldn't couldn't do for me mm-hmm. which was ultimately respect my time as a gamer and when I play a video game, I kind of want a mix of that. I want that open world. I want that exploration. But I also want to feel like I'm doing something that is incrementally improving me. And yeah. I never really connected with that with Fallout because I felt like the the gun upgrade system, while huge and massive, mm-hmm. was a little too tedious. It got to the point of almost like tweaking your air pressure in a Gran Turismo game. Yeah, it does feel that way sometimes. And I it's agree. just a little too much like, well, wait a minute. That's a, that's a little too <laughs> deep there. Or I would end up doing seven or eight side missions in a row for one of the different factions. Uh, and then after seven hours of it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have a baby. Mm-hmm. I, have, I should go find that baby. And then I would go down that rabbit well, a rabbit hole. Now, rabbit well. The, oh, rabbit well. well full of dead rabbits. One of the things I really appreciated <laughs> about uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was the way they had a main mission structure and a side mission structure. Yeah. And they were very detailed. And the more side missions you did, the more main mission stuff you'd unlock. And the more main missions you did, the more side missions. And they kind of spoke to each other mm-hmm. constantly. Fallout just goes, here's a list. Yeah, and that's actually, you are defining this perfectly. That's what I love about but it. But that's and, what you, you know, love about it. Exactly. It's, it, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is a bento box. Everything in its proper location. Yeah. Here's how it all fits. Fallout's a casserole. Um, just mm-hmm. throw it all in there, bake it. It's heavy. It's mm-hmm. messy. It's probably so, bad for you. So, but yeah. boy, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I wanted to talk about the the, <laughs> the food metaphor is really important because I saw I saw something being passed around a few weeks ago that I th- think fits perfectly with this, which is that old at the start of this generation, the end of last generation, we saw a lot of that like sort of. Uh, rudimentary way of describing DLC as like a hamburger, right? So, oh, I remember that. Do you remember yeah, that, right? Yeah, So there was like, there's this cheeseburger, right? And it's like, back in the day when you bought a, a video game, you just got the cheeseburger, had all the toppings. Now you buy this sad hamburger and on, they sell you the lettuce and the tomato and everything like that on the side. And somebody put those two next to each other and underneath they said, and here's Fallout 4. And Fallout 4 was this stacked, gargantuan, <laughs> leaning tower of cheese, a disgusting mess of a hamburger that's just falling apart. But it's got all the toppings and it's huge and you could take you could eat it for the rest of your life. But I don't know if that's a good burger to pick up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to put mm-hmm. my mouth on that thing because it's just like I don't know if all of it it doesn't mean it tastes great. It doesn't mean it's easy to hold or anything. It doesn't like mean that. the middle's well, gonna be there's, cooked through. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot there, but it doesn't mean all the things that are the, there are carrying, really great. Carrying the food metaphor to the nth degree, though, the nice thing is you can pick with Fallout on most of the things you can pick at it, take a taste. We're like, mm, I don't really like that part, so I'm just going to go over here and just good part right, right. So I would, You shouldn't I would talk say, with your mouth full. <laughs> if we're going to go that direction with the food thing, I think it's also kind of like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and you're like, oh, they got, they got crab wrapped in bacon. They got crab rangoon. They got 
hot dogs for some reason. They got yeah. weird square pizza. Are you at a Ryan, Ryan's Mega Bar? Where are you? This is I don't amazing. know. It's so so are you saying you can eat buffet? You, and you're like, I got to get my money's worth. How do I? And, and you try to you take bits and pieces of everything. But sometimes you, you accidentally fill so, up on white rice. Yeah, like, sure. Sometimes yeah. you eat too much bread. Sure. So you know, compare that to a, a restaurant that has a fixed menu, and you go and they're like, here's one, two, three, four, five things, and we bring them to you in order, and you get to enjoy them one thing at a time. Right. And somebody has been like, here's some level of curation. And obviously, some people want everyone wants different things when they when they consume something, whether it be food or media. Yeah. Uh, I get I always would get annoyed. My my fiance and I both got really into into Skyrim together, um, and she would well frequently if it comes up in conversation now, she's like, I never even beat it. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like there is the there is the campaign that they market the game with because people kind of need to have that one carrot in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main story of Skyrim was a thing you could plow through in a few hours, and there were much deeper, more interesting things there, but it's less marketable than, hey, there's dragons. Right. And I feel like Fallout 4 is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, probably the same way. Yeah, it's a world. No, yes. it, it, it's a world, and it's, uh, it's, it's just a kind of a wide open, I mean, it's just an excuse to go stumble into something wonderful. It's, it's a every, world, yeah. It's almost what I hoped MMOs would be back when they first came up sure. with them. Mm-hmm. Except I don't have to deal with other people's crap. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just wonderfully wide open and it's it's a land of discovery. It's got that same the same thing that brought me into the original Legend so of Zelda. I think I think one of the reasons the discussion on this game is so sort of polarizing and and like you said like it is the same topic that people are falling on both sides of the fence on yeah uh, there are people who are calling this game of the year game of the generation and other people who are saying I, I put my five ten hours in and I think I'm done and I think the difference is six seven years ago whenever Fallout 3 came out uh, we didn't have a lot of games especially console games this big right we didn't have mm-hmm. games right. like this uh, right, cut, to, cut to 2015 and we live in a post GTA 5 world a post state of decay this year was Dying Light and Witcher and Metal Gear yeah. and Arkham and Assassin's Creed, and this is a this is a thing. We're we're almost open world. These massive hundred hour open world games are becoming the three D character platformers, yeah, or That's the World War Two shooters. Yeah. That's where, a great point. Like I think we're going to be hitting a saturation, and there are still going to be people who want to play those. Mm-hmm. But I think some people are just going to be like, all right, I think I'm I'm. It's like eating yeah. the best pizza mm-hmm. every night for three weeks, exactly. and eventually, like I just well, I need something well, else. I mean, yeah. It's conversely like like multiplayer. There was that period last generation where every game would suddenly have multiplayer mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and we're like, but. It's I don't why I don't know why why would yeah. you want that Yeah I don't need the Tomb Raider to have yeah, Why does Lara Croft yeah. have to fight And I and that's the thing like <laughs> I you know I I played I played almost all those games you just named mm-hmm. right and I actually really loved a lot of them um, and I think what they did really well was kind of respect my time and I felt like as if there were there were moments in Fallout where I was spending a semester in the wrong major you know like you can easily fall down the rabbit's hole or whatever we called it uh, where you level up you level <laughs> you up a fall perk the system down the rabbit well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you level up a perk system that actually leads you nowhere, you know, where you're like, well, I'm really, I'm, it's, it's like that, that Louis C.K. bit about having a bunch of Prussian francs. You, you felt, know? You, did you feel like the, the perk system just wasn't clear? Or? No, I think that it's just, it's very simple to sort of be like, oops, I'm, I accidentally majored in melee combat. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that's not particularly helpful for a little Can while. Can you not yeah. respec? Uh, okay, you have one opportunity to respec. It's right after the tutorial. Uh, this yeah. is actually in our, so our really, this is yeah, in our yeah. guide right now. Like, we, we put this on a page today, but it's just like, make a save file right there. Um, so, uh, to skip the tutorial and start right off. But yeah, th- if there's another way to 
to respec, I haven't run into it. Yep. So I think that this game, and the people, now, and there's something I watched very fascinating about this game, we'll talk about this right now, is uh, that people had a very preconceived notion about what it could be and what it should be and what it is before it even came out, which mm-hmm. happens with all games. I mean, that's the reason people pre-order. People, You put your $5 down and you feel like you're legally allowed to say anything you want about any game, right? Oh, are you? Uh, usually, I, I was kind of hoping that was how the universe worked. Yeah, usually, I, yeah. All, usually positive. Uh, and I put, a, I put a stupid meme in the Beyond group today where I took the bug-eyed guy from Assassin's Creed Unity, which is uh, a glitch that happened when you played that game on, yeah. on you know, the highest, the max spec PC, um, versus uh, the dog getting stuck in this in the stairs in in Fallout 4. Yeah. And on the left, I wrote game breaking for Assassin's Creed, and on the right, I wrote charming uh-huh. for for Fallout 4. That's a great analogy because okay, Bethesda does get a write off for this stuff, and I, I why I, though is it ambition? I feel very okay. I think it's two things. All right, first one, let's talk about one. It's it's the ambitious scale. Yeah, they're just doing this enormous interactive thing, and we write it off maybe because we didn't, it, it goes all the way back to that DOS background where you're used to tweaking with your PC and hoping it would work. And yeah, it, yeah. And this giant open area with all these moving parts. But the other part of it, I think, is it's kind of like a Godzilla movie. Um, people who like Fallout games are kind of like people who like Godzilla movies. They're big. You're talking about like the Japanese ones? Yeah, the Japanese ones. You go in and you see the little strings on the airplanes and the man in the rubber suit smashing the city. It's all fake. It's all screwed up. If I went and saw a Terminator movie and I could see the string moving the helicopter or I could see this So the, the glitches CG, are part of right, the appeal. I would make fun of it. But Godzilla yeah. fans know this is part of it. I think that for Fallout – the people go in with this kind of the same attitude. I mean, Vox wrote an article about having to nuke an 11-hour save file because somebody got stuck in an elevator. Yeah. yeah is, that part, is, that, is that seeing the strings or is that a – because I feel like okay, that's – That's irritating. That's a but, war but story. I, I, you know? I, I, walked out, yeah. I walked out of a, a, a building in that game after waiting 45 seconds from a load, and I stepped off of the steps, and I got stuck between a wall and a tree. My problem – This happened to me twice I'm in the game, and I had to – how, how you nuke an 11-hour – okay, again, I'm an old – so I've been playing these games since the beginning of time. I'm yeah. an old PC guy, so I know you save every half hour. Well, that's the and other that's thing. The... And, like, you need to constantly quick save in this game. Yeah. And they don't tell you to do that. You just have to know to do yeah, that. Yeah, well, it does it. Every time you check your Pip-Boy and change something, it auto-saves. You know, things like that do happen. It's but not for, for mission structure, basically. Yeah. If I if I fast travel to a location where a guy gives me a mission, and I take on that mission, and I go to start that mission, and I yeah. walk, you know, or fast travel again, yeah. or walk 30, feet, uh, 30 miles across the, the city to get to the next thing, and then I die, and I hadn't quick saved, it loads up the save that was basically one or two fast travels ago. Yep. After a 60-second load time. Yeah. And for... I'm, I'm not saying like you don't need to be a casual gamer to understand that that's kind of a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. right? But they don't tell you that. And there's a lot of things uh, that they pretty much don't tell you flat out, which I'm okay with. I don't need my handheld. But like, let's break this game down. Like, let's really break this okay, down here. That's fair. Uh, the graphics are are pretty good, yeah. right? It's it, The world is gorgeous. The art direction is unmatched. Oh, the, yeah. the guard direction is oh, yeah. unmatched, yeah. hands down. The, yeah. the graphics are pretty good. The story is... Not great. The, the story. Well, it depends on what you, how you want to define the story. The story for a big open world game works fine. You know, Sean is the MacGuffin to drive you forward. Okay, but that I think the story of the game, again, like like most of these kinds of games, is what you make it. They give yeah. you all yeah. kinds of hooks. This is a game primarily about creating your own narrative. Second, about following the narrative in the tale. The narrative in the tale is passable. It's not egregious. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not video game dumb. It's not, you know, Call of Duty guy. No, you know, no, it's, no. Not, it's not that kind no. of thing. It, it, you've got somebody put some effort into it and created a narrative that's flexible enough that you can ally with two completely diametrically opposed bodies. You, you can choose one of them. And in a big open world, either one of them is going to play out in a logical, satisfying way. Well, that's hard to do. So well, no, it is hard to do. And that's why they didn't nail it. 
because they they leave you they start you at the game thinking that you are siding with one of those teams and that that's your home base mm -hmm. and it's really not nothing in the game tells you it isn't and again freedom of player choice but that's not entirely illustrated and I don't think it needs to be but I think it needs to be a little more defined uh, that you do have that choice because right off the bat they're basically just like here's the thing and then they walk away from yeah. it and it's kind of like the crafting system I believe that these things were integral parts of the game's relationship mm -hmm. with the player at some point and throughout the process of developing this game those things were dropped or fell See, to the wayside. I don't feel Jack that way trades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, that, that, I really don't feel that way Interesting. Now I feel like it's more like a playground. Uh, you build a playground for a bunch of kids you put a sliding board you put the whatever that spinny thing's called uh, Sometimes round, kids teeter, get stuck between the parts. Yeah, you got the teeter-totter you nice got the, the, the dogs and have to nuke themselves. The dog can't get across the rope And you get dropped off at the playground it's like what do you want to play on? This and this and this and this and they're all fun and you can run between them or you can spend all your time on the slide or you can Right. Whatever makes you happy, and at the end, the sun's going to go down. It's going to be time to go home. The game's over, but you had a good time. What unless you I got really, a wood chip in your knee? Unless you got a wood chip in your knee, that can happen. Mm -hmm. Or you burn your legs on the slide. Yeah, the shorts. that's happened. Oh, was that an arrow on the knee joke? Are you, are you, are you, oh, I, I didn't think it was. So I mean, I know. spent 25 hours in this game, and I felt like I was constantly looking, walking around, expecting to find the next big thing that would get that would keep me to get going. And I, I, it, it made me realize that this is not a game of highs. No, that is absolutely. There are no, there are no monumental, phenomenal moments in this game that really go, "Wow, a great set piece, great battle, great this or great that." I mean, you do have some pretty good fights that go, "Man, that that dragged out longer than it should have, but I prevailed." Uh, but there are a lot of mediums and lows, and I think it's like stacking up those mediums and lows bring you up to a game that uh, most reviewers. Uh, including ours, have called a great game. And, and I, I think the main it's difference that, between me and you is that I feel like it's mediums and highs as opposed to mediums and lows. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a little more on that end of it, but I, it's. But you're right. There aren't too many moments that were just awe-inspiring except, again, those ones that happen to emerge that you were describing earlier, almost poetically, where you're talking about walking through the same area the fifth time, the lighting, the different yes. creatures coming over yeah. the rest. I remember a lot of those Which moments. is what keeps me going. And, or, you know, or, like, and it also makes me – it's also funny. That's yeah. another thing that helps. It is – very funny in places. I do uh, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that helps a lot. I mean, the first time I, I'm not going to spoil Deacon, but the first time Deacon did his thing, and I didn't know it was going to happen, I just, I was like, what, huh? And then about half an hour later, it happened. And about I eventually, you're, got you're the not, one that I'm you're not good at not spoiling things. Yeah, well, that's yeah. okay. We don't did know what it is. Did he smash a watermelon with a hammer? No, like I can't tell Mr. What he did, But it's very funny, and and made me laugh and laugh. Yeah, I think. So I mean. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just very quickly. I think I've adored uh, the past week or two of this game in this office because it's inspired some of the most interesting uh, discussion of any game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, in my time in the industry. Wow. Like, it's, it's some of the most interesting, just fly in the wall conversations of people who absolutely adore it and people who cannot get into it. And it's one of those, like, no one's right, no one's wrong, yeah. which right. I love. Right. And games don't generally do that. Like, Everyone came up, 90% of us came out of Metal Gear like, this is the best. Yeah. Came out of Bloodborne like, this is the best. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that this game, people can argue that this game is a 10, and people can argue that this game is a 6. Yeah. And neither of them are wrong. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. that. I would, uh, I would never you, say 6. I would probably say well, mid seven. It's almost like this is something that's too big to accurately reflect on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10, even if you use decimal points. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, we have Whoa. to do it anyway. I know. You know? Yeah. It's it's reader well, we service, but, no, no, but we don't. I mean, it's, that's that's the thing is is, and I'm sure that people are 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 probably mad at us. Hi guys. <laughs> uh, but I want to say that like having a negative opinion about a game, it kind of lends it some credence. I'm not saying I hate Fallout. I'm saying I didn't like Fallout. 
and that actually sucked for me because I like when games are fun. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that having being able to have a discussion about what does and doesn't work in a game, on especially on a game of this scale, it's it's awesome. You know? I, I will say that though that no matter where you are, who you are, what game you're reviewing, uh, your acceptance for the amount of glitches and and freezes and stutters and like on certain versions just flat out you throw a grenade and you hope for the best and yeah. when it comes back either you're dead or they're dead <laughs> yeah that's unacceptable and i don't i know that's the bethesda charm and all that stuff like that but that is unacceptable to no, me no i i you know i don't think people are ever maybe they are but i don't think anybody's ever writing those annoying moments off as the bethesda charm i think it's the fact that no. funny things also happen yeah but that's, but that's not that's entirely that, fair because yeah. i've been reading a lot of stuff leading into the launch of this game that says don't worry they'll patch it and B, uh, wait until the mods kick in. When the yeah. mods come in and do all the dirty work mm-hmm. that they couldn't do themselves. And I don't personally find that to be a cherishable ecosystem to create a, where a game can, can live. But well, I, I, I think, the, I think okay. it's giving people a free pass. One of the, I mean, but one of the things about this is, like, I, trust me, I got a lot of this flack last year when I reviewed uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, is that you are experiencing all of these problems. Right. That doesn't mean everyone else is. And that's the thing, and I think that's why people, when 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 you voiced your opinion on it, some people immediately got so defensive. Even well, before people they who hadn't played, played it, yeah. Yes. yeah. But it's one of those things where I think when Dan played it, I don't think he did get a lot of those things. Right. He was also yeah. playing on PC, and from the sound of it, no, it's he was a, playing it's a, on Xbox One. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he, he played. He played, he played everything. Xbox one yeah. first, but he, he said PC. the PC yeah. version yeah. is remarkably better. Yeah, yeah. it seems like I, it I seems agree. like it, it probably is. Um, well, I mean, I had people telling me like, why why'd you get it on consoles? Yeah. And I'm like, well, because they're selling millions of them on consoles. Mm-hmm. That's a thing you can do in a store today. And I think yeah. it's a, I think it's fair criticism to look and say, guys, you could have done better with this. Yeah. But again, they understand what the threshold for tolerance is. They have learned through Skyrim that they'll have a mod community come behind. And effectively do a year's worth of quality control for them. And put them right you know, there. There, there's, there. You can get away with that. And I occasionally do enjoy when I walk, you know, walk up and whack a mole rat and it flies a thousand feet off the map over the coverage. Oh, I love that stuff. Like that's great. That's, that's, I'm, but, I'm actually okay with stuff like that. You but know? I got locked. I lost a main game mission save, locked into an endless loop where I was bumping up against a terminal, and you know, I had to go back, you know, quite a ways, but to my last save point because. Sure. Uh, being an old PC guy, I've learned you just always save. Are you yeah. playing on PC? I'm playing on PC. Yeah, I started on PS4, but I switched over to PC as quick as I could. So I really loved Skyrim, and I was just thinking about this. Like, I I feel like I could jump back into Skyrim right now and play it and enjoy it. And it's I was playing on, on that on 360, and I feel like that suffers a lot of the same problems I'm having with with Fallout 4 on, yeah. on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to think what the difference is really. And I think a lot of it is that Skyrim there's a sense of discovery in that it's something that like it's wilderness. You know, it's it's this barren wild. It's this kind of it's this simple. Uh, I mean, it's it's old timey fantasy versus futuristic junkyard, right? And there's a sense that like in Fallout, everyone's already been here. Everyone's already been here to the point that it's a problem. Well, I, I could I could see that. And when Skyrim kinda, like, feels like it's fresh footprints. Like I I drove by a shanty town of of homeless people this morning on the way to work. You know, like there's there's I I had to go through like a messed up. You know, train ride to work. I, like, I specifically, Sam Claiborne says that's his problem with uh, GTA games a lot of the time. Is right. That he he wants to play in a big open fantasy world, not yeah. an open real world. But in the case of this particular game, Fallout Four, setting it in a post-apocalyptic Boston as an American history nut, like 
this is every bit as satisfying as a fantasy world could be, maybe even more. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm at the old North Church yeah. doing this amazing thing. I'm at freaking Bunker Hill looking across the way to where Breed's Hill ought to be. I'm, you know, that, that's a flying no, I, USS Constitution. Like, I totally agree with both of your points. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I love wilderness settings and games. I love stuff like that. I'm also a huge junkie for post-apocalyptic dystopia mm-hmm. and walking around some sections of Fallout and being like, I'm in this town that people lived in 200 years ago and the only thing left are, are robots and ghouls. It's very fascinating to me. On the flip side, I played that game for nine hours straight last Saturday and I was in a nightmare world where crazy people were running at me and screaming and there was trash everywhere and then I walked outside of my apartment with my wife to get dinner and I saw the same things in real life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like walking around downtown San Francisco is... I get a lot of that it's out there. Not it's all robots and nightmare yeah. ghouls. Yeah, just a lot. Of, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of robots and nightmare ghouls. It's, <laughs> we, that's the kind of city we live that's in right quite now. Apt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's obviously a very personal, very specific thing. I will say that, like, if you're looking, this is I, I, every year. There is one game that is the game to get if you can only get one game. And I still think that Fallout is it. I mean, if you want one world, oh god, like yeah. this is mm-hmm. it. Like it's it, there's so much there. And if you can get into all of it, then yeah, it's going to grab you forever. I kept. I, I, I was begging for it to stick its hooks in me, and it just never really did. It felt like something that was bad for me, but that I kept I kept taking part in. You know, it was like drinking or alcohol or cigarettes or something. Okay. Where I'm like, I have this in the house, and I get you get very little enjoyment from it, moment to moment. But in the long run, here, like it's kind of it's 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 nice to have it there. But I know it's ultimately bad for me. Uh, I never felt Wait, like I respected it's, it's my tr- time. Is drinking. Bad for you? It's bad for you. Yeah. That's why you shake all I the time. Like I, I felt like I was eating magical Halloween candy that never made me full and never gave me diabetes. Like, I was it sounds like, like, a, like a punishment that like the the Greeks would put on it's a, some That's guy. a cut scene a from Sinner. Sisyphean? Is that the word you're looking for? Yeah, Sisyphean. That would be But like, you know, I tweeted out the image, the two screen caps from that Simpsons episode where Homer's eating that giant sandwich. And he starts out, and he's like, this, it's this like six-foot-long sub. And he's like, this is going to be great. And Marge's like, throw that thing away. And then by the end of it, he's like dying of botulism. And he's <laughs> yeah, just like, like raggedy, and he still loves it. He's yeah. like carrying it around with him. And I feel like that's that's not just Fallout. That's open world. It's every it's, open that's, world that's, honestly, game. that's just games. I mean, yeah. that's, it's funny because, I, man, I would love to hear what old college Max would have thought of this game. I would have loved it. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's like about it, yeah. Goldfarb, uh, he hasn't started it yet, but he's like super worried about it. Uh, he said he put more time into a single playthrough of Fallout 3 than any game ever. He put yeah. in like 250 hours or yep. something insane like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was when he was in college. That was when he was, you know. He didn't yeah. have a lot, you know, like me. If, that's the thing. Like, if, I, there, were, there were many times where I sat down to play this game for three or four hour chunks, and I walked away going, like, I don't really know what I did. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's totally possible to play that game for three hours and not accomplish much. I, oh, and, that is absolutely. So true. isn't that? I mean, that's kind of an issue, right? No. Uh, why? The, why yeah, no? The point of the game is wandering around and doing whatever you want, and sometimes doing. You know, it's just like some of my best memories of college. Are yeah. Sitting around in. In, in a dorm with friends, wasting time for three hours, just talking about whatever, and suddenly it's three in the morning, like, where did that time go? We don't even really remember what we talked about, but I feel nothing but warm, happy memories. Oh, I know. I'm, 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 I that's love that. How, I mean, no, Max, what I mean is that's how I feel about this game. Max like, and those, I do a podcast like that every exactly. week. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> we've that legalized time, that those, drug. <laughs> those three hours, I'm like, what did I accomplish? I yeah. don't know, but I sure had a good time. So yeah. I, I, I will say that there was no time where I walked, and maybe you feel, feel different, and that's why I'm, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, there was no time when I... I never finished a play session of this game going, yeah. Hmm. Okay, no, that definitely I did. And and, and beyond that. Beyond. Beyond, beyond exactly. Um, <laughs> that was the calmest beyond. Before that was a very calm beyond. Yeah. Uh, beyond that. Beyond. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> See, that was a louder one. Bad Stop joke. it. Um, 
uh, I, I can't think of a synonym for beyond. Um, furthermore. Furthermore. Mm-hmm. Furthermore. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Synonym. Um, furthermore. Um, Cinnamon. Worked on this probably, you know, again, over 100 hours yeah. in, in a week. and. That meant not a lot of time for sleep or anything else. It also, else you never life. really stopped playing and it, I that, guess. But that was kind of it. Yeah, never yeah. stopped. And those sessions, frankly, make most games less enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I was amazed how much I couldn't wait till I could put the pen down and start and playing get back again in there. Mm-hmm. so that I could find out what was going to happen. Right, and I, and I had that too, but I think it came from that sort of unnerving disappointment I would get from like a three or four hour session of like I would play it and it would always end in either uh, I'm tired I'm bored or I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then, it'd be like, "But that was a really cool fight." But then I would push a little further. It's it's like it's like having a perfect date and then just like on the way out to the car, totally screwing it up by talking for an extra two hours. It makes know? our jobs as critics really difficult here in this. You know, trying to reflect that, or we want to let people know. You know, hey, are you going to enjoy this or not? Here's everything we can tell you about it. You definitely want to look beyond the score and, and listen to all these conversations. They did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Furthermore, the score. And uh, and look at all the arguments people are making so yeah. that you can make a, an informed purchasing decision as to whether or not you want to put your money in. And yeah, also, and if, you, if you have money to buy a new console and one game, get this game. Yeah. Like, that's kind of it, really. I mean, Yeah, I'm it. still not going to tell you not to. I just think that, you know, I mean, I personally think there's better open world experiences this year. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really, really want to go back to The Witcher. Like I'm kind of I'm like what do we got the rest of the, the rest of the year lined up? There's yeah. I I want to play yeah. Star Wars, which is going to be very casual, very very junk Just food. Yeah. yeah, and I want to play Just Cause because that looks really really stupid. Mm-hmm. That looks like it's <laughs> going to be my Shadow of Mordor. Like I didn't expect it, and I'm like, you can ride on a dog. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to jump <laughs> off the side of a building. I'm looking forward to Just Cause. I'm going to hypnotize reason. these yeah. bees to go kill each other. Yeah. Whatever so, that came. You know, let us know what you think of Fallout. <laughs> I you're, think that's wild, isn't it? If you're listening to the show, you're probably you know already ten hours into it. I I, I saw people who were like. Oh, you know, uh, I, I took off of work to play Fallout. I'm like, how long did you take off for? <laughs> like, yeah, because a day did is, you yeah. quit? Yeah, yeah, did you quit? Because a day is not going to get you in there. No, yep. it's not. This is uh, this is a religion. Yeah, this is this yep. is a whole big thing. And we're obviously going to be talking about it for a long time. And I do want to say that I am walking away from the game right now, but I will probably return mm. when. We, I would say this on the show, games grow and they change in yeah. our absence and uh, this this game is going to continue to grow and change and I'm excited to see what the mod community done with it, does with it. I'm excited to see what Bethesda does with it. Like, There's a lot here and it's it's going to be around for a long time. You were the Douglas MacArthur of Fallout. You Thank you very much. I'm going yeah. to wait until some hype dies down and I might check it out. Mm-hmm. You know? But right now... Don't feel like and it. And I'm going to play it for the next <laughs> month because it's my job. And there's a so, gun to the back of your head. <laughs> Speaking of a game I played recently that I, I think really did and does respect my time, uh, and I know this is a PlayStation podcast. You're not allowed yeah, to talk about this game no, for we a could, year. We could, one year. We can we talk about this game a little bit. This we'll talk about this game. started 3.5. Right? We're yeah. Ta- yeah. So yeah. let's talk about Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Rise of the Tomb Raider was uh, kind of an incredible palate cleanser for me after Fallout because unlike Fallout, I felt like everything I did in it um, rewarded me in some way. I'm kind of a baby when it comes to stuff like that, you know? Uh, so this Rise of the Tomb Raider, it's out next year on PS4. You can play it now on Xbox One or 360 because of stupid exclusivity deal mm-hmm. that, like, honestly, between that game coming out the same day as Fallout and being only on one console, they are burying the best kept secret 
of 2015. It's it's yeah, one gonna, of it's one of the best games of the year. I'm just gonna say that, that sucks. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, yeah. it sucks. Like it's, everyone should be playing this game right now, and they can't. It blows. Like that's I don't. I hope that, re- I hope that somebody got to buy a nice new house with whatever. I know. I don't so, no, yeah. whatever so direction. before a Fallout but, because, or because of Fallout, I haven't touched this. Right. So please tell me why this game's so great. So it's it's everything I love about Uncharted. In that sense of adventure and those amazing scripted moments and like the kind of fun gunplay. And it's everything I love about open world games combined. Wow. Which is like, now the open world sections, they're called hubs and there's like four or five mm-hmm. of them. And they're just big enough that they're that you could spend a ton of time in them or you could just rush through and do the, the main story stuff. So you'll basically enter this big ravine where there's like over to the left, there's a bear cave. Uh, over to the right, there's a bunch of wolves. In the middle, uh, there's some Greek textbooks that if you pick up, you learn Greek. And then ah. you can read monoliths that tell you where secrets are. Or you can just cut through all of that and go to the main mission. Like, yep. I regularly would spend eight, eight hours in one hub just hunting and gathering and finding stuff and upgrading my weapons. And then uh, being like, Running oh, yeah. Down by the <laughs> I, I, I'm still stuck in the part where you get to go learn ancient Greek. How, how does that work? It's very oh, odd. It's very, very quickly. Very do you remember, quickly. When you pressed, it, you remember when you pressed square to pay your respects? It's yeah. Me, it's, yeah. Well, this time you pressed yeah. X to it's, learn but ancient you gotta, Greek. What yeah. you do is you press X, and then you learn one-fifth of Greek. And yeah. you really? the next thing, you learn the second well, fifth that was of kinda, Greek. I had several semesters, so it came yeah. out that kind of the same way. It just took four years. Yeah. So, so to connect this to this show, playing this a lot made me really go, man, your move on Chartered 4, because this is going to be a tough one to top. Wow. Mm-hmm. This, these guys have had this volley going back and forth yeah. for a long time now. I think Uncharted is very settled in its ways of, uh, you know, this kind of downhill jam of, I, I've always described it as kind of as a Rube Goldberg machine. You leave and then it just keeps going and there's action and set pieces and it's yeah. amazing. Their set pieces are unmatched. Mm-hmm. And I think Tomb Raider has some really good ones. Naughty Dog is kind of above and beyond that, beyond. But yeah. where uh, Uncharted falters for me is that you lose that kind of openness. Now we're seeing a little bit of it in Uncharted 4 and that sort of, you get in a car and you can go in different directions. Yeah, and we even saw in the VGA demo last year that sort of open jungle area that looked like you were able to do things in different ways. So one of the things I don't like about Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, which I love about Tomb Raider, is that there's no substantial connection to your weaponry in the Uncharted games. You have a handgun, you fire it off a bunch of rounds, you run out of ammo, you shoot a guy, or you punch a guy, you steal his gun. You're constantly going from weapon to weapon based on what you can find. You're never like, this is my SMG. Whereas in Tomb Raider, you have a bow, you have a pickaxe, you have a grenade launcher and a shotgun and an SMG, and you get those things throughout time. And every uh, upgrade that you do to any of them applies to all of them. So if you have three or four different bows that all have different techniques and skills, uh, if you apply a, a, an upgrade to them to make it feel tighter or more fluid or you can hold it back longer without your arm shaking, mm-hmm. that applies across all bows. And you don't lose your bow. You don't drop it in a river or forget it in the last level and then can find you? a new one. No. That would be cool if you could, though. Yeah, I mean, there, always, there are sections where things... The next person who ruts around by... She's always yeah. running around with it kind of draped over her shoulders. And there there are scripted right? sections yeah, like, where yeah. you do lose that, but I yeah. feel like there are these hubs in Tomb Raider, and then there are these uncharted tunnels that connect them. So there's these mission areas that go, man, that was an awesome... Like, I went through this tomb or this temple run that was insane, and it was like everything was collapsing, and I was running and jumping and climbing. Uh, but then I got to this open hub, and I could either run to the next thing or hunt bobcats. Yeah. So I think that, like... I really like that setup. I really like that idea of sort of like, we'll do a little bit of Uncharted, but we'll also give you some Resident Evil 4 and some Metroid Prime mm-hmm. and some mini Zelda-esque temples, you know, okay. to kind of throw all those things together. So, and I don't think Uncharted 4 is going to be like that. 
And that kind of bums me out. I'm really curious about what Uncharted 4 is like. Because, me too. Because, I mean, I played, I played Last of Us when it came out. I'm playing Uncharted Remastered right now, or Uncharted 3 Remastered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's if they stick with how Uncharted's been up until now, I think, and it, I mean, obviously it's going to be bigger and louder and prettier, uh, but I'm, I'm really curious how it's going to work this generation because mm-hmm. we've gotten so used to big, wide, open world um, I mean, even Last of Us had a lot of customization. It had like much more, right? Much more, many more systems. You know, like it's more. Which I it love. It's it's a lot of the stuff you actually see in the Tomb Raider games too, mm-hmm. which is like they are still sort of doing that yeah. volley, right? And which that, I really like. There's that choice of are you going to be stealthy? Are you going to be loud and loud and actiony? And uh, I, you know, Uncharted Two starts out and they're like, you can be, you are doing doing stealth right now. Yeah. And Uncharted Three, there's segments where you can play it stealthily, but it's sort of like. It's not like, oh, you got caught, go hide. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got caught, now it's an action scene. And yeah. you feel like of, it's a more realistic interaction you're getting with the world in this? I don't think it's remotely realistic. Okay, I, I, I think yeah, it's the that's worst the word, word you could word associate with Uncharted, but like, I think that. No, uh, how, squid. Yeah. Yeah. Squid. I mean, yeah. What? Squid. That's the worst word I could try to associate with. Okay. Not a fan of squids? I well, could, squids are delicious. It'd be pretty cool if there were some squids. Yeah, in there. Um, okay. Sure. But I'm not saying Uncharted needs to be an open world game, because that's. Obviously every game doesn't have to be an open Every world. game doesn't have to be. But I appreciate the way Tomb Raider handles open world segments yeah. between the areas that are scripted. It handles it, it, it's in the way where it's like, hey, here was your cool Indiana Jones set piece. Uh, now go explore for however you want. We'll be yeah. over here. Like, we'll be over here whenever, me, whenever, whenever you want to come back. One, we're right here. Take your time. If you yeah. want to come here in five minutes, if you want to come here in five hours, it doesn't really matter. And is the transition ever jarring? No, 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 not really. Yeah, I mean, okay. because it doesn't have that same – the story doesn't have that same sense of urgency that, like, Fallout 4 I thought would have. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been walking around and been like, oh, ah! my baby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I've been hunting bobcats for 45 minutes, and I'm like, that's right. I have a ba- I have a son yeah. or whatever it is. That's never really happened. And I will say, like, if you played the last game, which most of you should have because it's multi-platform and they remade an HD version of it, some of the weak- weakest parts in that game were the story and that kind of, like – Lost season three, back half of the plane cast of characters that yeah. we were friends. Mercy, I've killed a dare. Yeah, <laughs> my good tailies. friend, the cook, will make me feel better. Yeah, a lot of those friends, those those idiots that you never cared about, they are not part of the equation here at all. So a lot of the, it's fixed a lot of the weakest sections, and it's really it's focused on what's made it so great, and it's so damn gorgeous, like mm-hmm. just a stunning looking game. So yeah, your move, Uncharted. I I'm excited for that. I'm can't wait to play both. Uh, I know this is a PlayStation podcast. If you can get your hands on an Xbox One, I don't know if people still rent those or if you can borrow it from a friend. Just find do something. Find the ruins of a blockbuster. And yeah. yeah. It. Just yeah. do something and, and play this game while you can. Yeah. In a, weird, in a weird sort of uh, tangential story uh, with Crystal Dynamics, uh, there was an interview with their senior designer, Michael Brinker, uh, and they mentioned the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver games, which right. they owned. I mean, those are the games that Amy Hennig cut her chops on before, yeah. oh, uh, wow, the, yeah. before Uncharted. Uh, and when talking about bringing them back, he said, uh, quote, it's a 50-50 chance. We have in-house developers who really want to make that game. It's interesting because people look back at our history and our franchises and see that we have some really iconic IP. So gamers wonder, what are they? Or where are they and what are they going to do? Well, we're always tossing around and taking in the ideas. It's really 50-50. Um, I am super interested in what Crystal Lee is going to do. Now that they've like re-elevated themselves as yeah. a premier AAA developer of like, what else do they? Well, obviously they're working. They're big enough to have two teams. Like there's a team that's not working on Tomb Raider. Gex. Oh, that gecko! Gotta get that gecko! God, that would be really 
I just Gekko want to Hunt dive back into the archive when you read Gex's backstory. Oh, yeah. man, I know. <laughs> what a great moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, some people would say, would say that's the most defining podcast moment of 2015. No. No. Stop that. Stop it. Both You're lying you. to the kids. Now, see, I don't know what's next from these guys. So, yeah, we didn't we see, uh, like, sort of half-developed footage of a, a Soul uh, Reaver game? Yeah, that was a game that didn't. And then there was that it Nas. Was, remember Nazgoth? I do not remember. The rapper? Not, <laughs> that was Gothic Nas. Oh, was that like a multiplayer game? Or yeah, it was a multiplayer game. Yeah. yeah, and it was like set in the legacy. That was a real... That's yeah. Illmatic Redemption, so, right? This is... Damn it. Um, this is one of those, happens every week. This is one of those franchises. I never, I never really got into it when I was younger, and I thought, I, I thought it looked cool, but it was like you don't, you can't play this for it's an M-rated game for, for teens for or something. That's burly yeah. teenage boys. But looking back hair. on it now, it looks like it looks like Darksiders. It looks like a '90s comic yeah. book, and I have zero interest. If they bring it back in its in its form that it's in now, I'm sure a lot of people will get into it. But yeah. the story in that game was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's one of those things that like like Tomb Raider, where it's a, yep. a lady and, and maybe some wolves and a dinosaur? And, and you can bring you... it back and make it cool. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah with the right make direction. It, make it relevant. Make it, make it Do you want to read this quote? Because 50 50 is a, that's good odds, right? Wait, I just read the quote. I read the entire, yeah, the entire read the thing. Quote. Well, no, that was literally. I thought you were just doing a really good. Depends on what the factors. If it's like depends on what the factors. If it's like death or a million dollars, you yeah. go for that. I think that literally means that they either will or won't do that. It literally they're, does. They, yeah. they, yeah. there's a, they, there are two chances. They're not gonna. They're gonna, they're gonna flip that giant coin that the Batman keeps from that man who got yeah. his face burnt. He <laughs> the, keeps the, it no, in no, dungeon. that's from the penny pilfer. He that's keeps right it from the that. penny pincher. Stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Yeah, awful. Batman villain. Yeah. So um, another game that just came out is Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Wopsy. This is a game that is also available on last gen. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. They make those. They do make those. Yeah. And so, we're not I don't I don't mean to, to be a, a haughty scoffer at the at the people who have old machines in their homes. Uh, but I will say that there are some specifically weird old machines in Blobs Three. <laughs> There's a level where you go into a server farm in the current gen version. It looks a real pretty server farm. It looks lighting. gorgeous, yeah. looks very futuristic because it's set in the future. Uh, in the mm-hmm. last gen version, it's a, a laundromat. Yep, they replaced all the server racks with washing machines. It's so that's, weird. And there's there's odd. a there's a map that's it's outside and it's in the forest and there's a cool looking truck uh, in the PS4 version. Yep. But in the PS3 version, it's just a, a big old pile of boxes. So do we a, know the story yeah. of this? Was this subbed out to? A oh, there developer? are a lot of developers on the back of oh. the. Uh, it's actually it's, it's, it's hard to even read the the, the there's there it's just logo after logo of different. Sort of yeah. subsidiary third-party teams yeah. worked on this port specifically, which happens as as games oh. go on over time. So obviously. I assume this is a design document situation where they you know they give a design doc to the two different teams, and there's a big square on the map where something needs to be blocking this height and this distance. And Imagine the most futuristic van you've ever seen. Yeah. it's badass. Dudes in nano machines are probably riding inside it, and there's some guys who are like they're I don't know working out of some shack in Delaware, and they're like, yeah. Real futuristic van, and they just go and do like a like Big a pile d- of boxes. Yeah, <laughs> like a 2003 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it'll be it's, it's got a flat screen TV. Know, in the just back. to be just to be clear, Brian Albert uh, reviewed Black Ops Three on uh, PS4 and Xbox One and PC, and he adored it. Yeah, and he's great. He liked the campaign. He loved the multiplayer and loved the zombies. Uh, the in the PS3 and 360 versions, it is only multiplayer and zombies. Yeah, there's so no there is no player. campaign. Uh, that being said, though, the zombies is really cool because Jeff Goldblum plays a weird magician yeah. who gets tentacles. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, they're, they're having like we've been saying this for a while, but it feels like there's a bunch of people working at Call of Duty who just want to make. They just want to have so much fun at work, mm-hmm. and the other guys are kind of 
like, we need to make a serious war game. And these guys are just like, can we get Jeff Goldblum to shoot tentacles out of his body? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, well, the other game's done, so sure, ship it. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's this like kind of free-run Mirror's Edge mode that Max and I got to play on Abedun last week. It's, it's weird. It, yeah. feels, it feels kind of slow for a running mode, yeah. you know, but it's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, free jogging. Like, but yeah. does it feel fast for a walking mode? Call of, Ooh. Call of Duty is it's a, Beyond. It's a, it's a very safe franchise. Uh, clearly, it sells well, and that it sells well because they don't try to introduce some crazy new thing every year. Yeah, uh, They'll introduce a small new thing, like Jeff Goldblum, the magician. Yeah. And Which I actually think this does. I think that, like, that Bioshock-esque, Fallout-esque uh, 1950s mode or whatever they're doing is sort of them regressing as much as they can in, in the best way possible. Because I feel like the train has left the station so hard with, with single player and multiplayer in Call of Duty that it's like it's now full-on cybernetic augmentation arm wall-jumping Titanfall. Yeah. And it used to be, like... Here's guns and shooting. And now it's like, you can go upside down with nuclear radioactive flying boots and all this stuff like that. But their zombie mode is when they get to go, let's just make a weird, old-timey, yeah. strange-ass game again. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Now, we got a really cool announcement that Activision is starting a film division. Yep. And yeah. they're going to be doing a Call of Duty cinematic universe. Haku! <laughs> Don't it's call a it a movie, Max. It's a cinematic universe. You ever have one of those moments where you just want to rip your own brain out of your head and just drop kick it yeah. <laughs> into a laundry hamper or something? Yeah. I think this is probably going to be fine. It's not for me. They're going to do something. Do you really think it's going to be fine? I think it's going to probably break even. Oh, no. It, okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about it's making money. It's going to do I, fine. I, I'm In terms like, of critical reception? No, not not critical reception, just watchability. I mean, is, is this is this a decent military movie or is this doomed? The with, best with the thing they could do, right. I think, is not make it a military movie. Get some of that camaraderie that dudes have when they play Call of Duty together. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the guys – get a, a – I mean, make it a, a an A-team movie. Okay. But it's got some nano machines and mech suits or something. Yeah. Maybe bro, zombie bro show. The movie. I mean, they have they've they've done they've done World War Two. They've done zombies. They've done magicians. They've done nano machines. They've done fighting aliens in Alaska. Yeah. They've had Predator. Did they have Predator? No, I just love that Did you can say they've done yeah. magicians done, as part done, of the <laughs> Call of Duty vernacular. The now. dog. Yeah. yeah, they've got oh, Ron Perlman. The horses. They have horses. They have horses. Yeah, they've done like Call of Duty's done so many weird different things that you say it's the call of movie. Yeah. You're Wait, like, what does that mean? It's weird that you said you said Doom because when I heard. When I heard this thing last week about the Call of Duty cinematic universe, yeah. the first thing that popped in my head was The Rock. Yep. I was just like, this is a, this is some, this is a oh, vehicle yeah. Yeah. designed for that man and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, I thought of San Andreas and him just being like, everything's blowing up and he's on a helicopter and no one actually cares, but it's like fun for it that 90 minutes in the theater. Four, five, and six. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, pretty much, being, right? But I just, there's no reason that these have to be bad. There have been so many good. Military, you know, everything from passable to actually good mm-hmm. military action movies made. Right. So, if you were to do something like, you know, what, what Eagles Dare or Where Eagles Dare with this, I mean, that right. would be amazing. You could so actually make a good movie. What I what I want is I want them to treat the movies uh, the way the games are treated. And so, when I go to the theater and spend fifteen dollars, I want a uh, forty minute movie. That's about uh, World War II. Mm-hmm. I want a forty-minute movie. That's about a bunch of robots and a cool dog. And I want a forty-minute zombie movie. Okay. And that's what I want. I, I want one ticket. I want wow. all three. A vignette flick. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I want so it to be grind, like Grindhouse with, uh, yeah. With, yeah. with the Call of Duty cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess they. I mean, they have license to do whatever they can. Yeah. Uh, it's. It would be interesting if they created a cinematic universe in which every Call of Duty game was interconnected. 
Are they going to bring Kevin Spacey back now that they have oh, a movie be, to put him in? Maybe. Jeff Goldblum, and can you cut off your own hand oh and have a whole I mean, so that's the thing. Like, they their game set the bar really high in terms of actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not going to be able to match that. And, like, and, I don't, and musical score yeah. and uh, writers. Like, yeah. They, they had, like, can yeah. they if can they if they can do that with the movies and they're 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 tread they're treading on a, some pretty big territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, again, you can make a good military movie. I just I just it's hard for me to believe with the churn out perspective that they have in these things. They mm-hmm. really just that if they're already talking about a cinematic universe, yeah. that's a business decision, not a storytelling decision. The fact that they announced that first mm-hmm. makes me feel gross and well, they did it, the they same did problem this, we had with Age of Ultron. They the, did it the it, same it, day as the Skylanders cartoon. Sure. And we all were like yeah, that makes perfect you know that, sense. You know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street with with Jonah Hill and the Steve Madden shoe, and he's yeah. just like tripping balls on quail. Yeah. Steve, yeah. I feel like some marketing guy was like, "Cinematic universe," <laughs> and, and they're like, "Eureka!" Yeah, it, it's like it's like the George Bush presidency. You've got a candidate before you have a platform. Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm a little worried about. I want, I want there to be shout sense. out to politics. Want, yeah, why, yes. why sorry, build everybody. Things, you know, it's yeah. yeah. the wrong way to approach. I mean, it's it. also interesting though that Activision is doing this because now it's like War, so Warcraft is not part of this. Warcraft is legendary owns that yeah. in terms of the mm-hmm. movie rights, but it's interesting to be like, well, we're, we might get a Starcraft movie or we might get a Destiny movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, point. we all laughed at like comic book movies for a very long time. Yeah. Maybe we're on the precipice of of the next big movement in 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 hundred billion dollar films. And it, maybe there's going to be 10 years or 15 years where people get video game movies right. Yeah, I mean, and there could be. And I, I think that, that's the thing. This this might be the best chance they've ever had. This is an easy kind of movie to do yeah. really well. It's the mar- messaging at the beginning that troubles me. It's that same thing where just you're taking your audience and you're being like, hey, people, we've got this idea. And we're thinking about the business end of it first. And what we're actually going to show you in the theater, second. So that yeah, was how the, this message The only started. cinematic yeah. universe I want now is the Nintendo cinematic universe. And I want it to all culminate in a Smash Brothers movie. Every like five years, that would be great. That would be great. I would watch that. Nicely done, Marty. Um, So yeah, BlizzCon happened. Uh, Typically, not a lot of stuff to talk about, but it looks like Overwatch is coming to consoles, and I'm really interested in a Blizzard game for the first time since 1997. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, this game looks really cool. This yep. looks like a bunch of action figures running and jumping around and shooting each other. Mm-hmm. Kind of falls in that same category as uh, Battleborn and. I mean, it's the hero shooter. Yeah, so the Paradigm hero shooters, and yeah. Cliffy B's new all game. All the different games, but I, I'm interested because it's colorful. It's exactly. Like, it, it's looks really colorful. Like, it looks like Crayola, and I at least want to try it out. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it looks like it. It looks like action figures, and yeah. I've always I've always had a problem with uh, with StarCraft and and WarCraft because they're sort of trying to be semi serious in the universes that they're in. Yeah, but they look like they look like bubblegum people. They're yeah. just like weird balloon. DeviantArt creatures, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, ah, I can't take that seriously. Right. Uh, and I go play, you know, The Witcher or Mass Effect in those particular areas. But like, I'm so down with Overwatch. Being, it looks, I mean, it looks like what um, uh, Overstrike was gonna be. It looked oh, like God. Overstrike. Yeah. yeah. A Saturday, a Saturday yeah. morning yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Like, God, I forgot that thing existed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said about uh, toys, it looks like it's just a pile of all sorts of different toys from different things. Some cartoon toys, some superhero toys, some movie toys, which looks great because all the characters are so unique. Mm-hmm. Like The character they revealed at BlizzCon is this girl, this, I think it's a Korean girl, who's a professional gamer who they enlist and they give her a mech. She's, oh, like that. She's, okay. she's basically Twitch streaming her matches. She's Twitch streaming her matches. It was yeah. so meta and awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, it's such a like cute, wonderful idea for a character. Yeah, and so that game uh, it'll be coming uh, in, in June to consoles in the Origins Edition, which I think they said 40 bucks will get you all the characters. We still don't know if this game, this game seems like it's going to be free to play, and then there's going to be an edition you could buy and just get a bunch of stuff that also comes with skins. And th- this is the 
arena? Like, what's the what is the genre for this game? Because it's I feel like, like Team Fortress Two. Okay, so it's a it's a deathmatch team deathmatch shooter or just regular deathmatch shooter. Uh, but so it's it's it's, of... it's distinct team roles. Like Team Fortress was the first one that did it, yeah. but like each character has their own wildly different abilities. So where it's, does this leave Battleborn? I don't know. That was a sad. Good answer, final. guys. Yeah, well, I know. That's where we are. <laughs> it's I'm, tough. I'm, I'm, Thanks for asking that one, Andrew. Was I'm <laughs> real curious to see what Battleborn does. Yeah, because you know? I feel like uh, Gearbox has been like very like they they do they did so much stuff with with Borderlands. They kind of they string that along with the, uh, they did a pre sequel, which is funny in yeah. theory, but then the amount of DLC packs you have to go with that, and obviously you've got a fan base. But I feel like everybody else just gets tired of hearing about it if they're not diehard yeah the, the Battleborn's one of those games I think that suffered from uh, being revealed too early mm-hmm. and then going through a whole lot of growing pains and it's still not out and I don't know it's like Evolve it's like The Last mm-hmm. Guardian where it's like okay you probably shouldn't have showed it that early yeah. um, everything I've played of Battleborn I've liked I think mm-hmm. the character's really funny I think the writing's really good um, we'll see I mean that needs that needs to come out got yeah. delayed again yeah. yeah that's not good well this Ooh. is a podcast that we do yeah. We do this every week. We do um, this. Jared, what's the once again vault? The vault tales. Oh no, uh, it's called uh, Vault IGN. We're uh, talking tales. about Fallout Ooh. every week, uh, and you can uh, just what date? It. What date does that go up? Uh, that goes up every Wednesday. Will be a new episode tomorrow. Cool, Sweet. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, let's see. Tomorrow That's today. is today. Wow, we did today it. is okay. tomorrow. So there will be a new episode up Wednesday of the week you hear this. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, and we'll be on iTunes soon. Uh, we are still doing video at this point and having a little trouble with the iTuning, but we're baby Baby iTunes. steps of podcasting. Yeah, it's, we'll be there. So, uh, yeah. It takes practice. Sometimes. So yeah, that's Volt IGN. Also, um, I'm disappointed we didn't talk about the fact that you can play Super Dodgeball on your PlayStation now, and I just want the world to know that's possible. Because it's not River City Ransom. When well, it is, yeah. we'll yeah. talk and about it's it. The ar- <laughs> and it's the arcade this Super Dodgeball. This isn't I want those teenagers yeah. beating the hell out of each other for their girlfriends and yeah. for cash, Barf. not for dodgeball. Also, it's Barf. the arcade <laughs> Super Dodgeball, which is actually, while good, not as good as yep. Nintendo's. You know Kunio Kun. Yeah, Kunio Kun. I know the Kunio Kun. Yeah, totally. Okay, all right. Right. Okay. Okay. okay, all right. So good. All right. I'm practicing all right. my kanji. Okay, yes, all right, all right. Uh, very good, everybody. Welcome welcome to the podcast, Beyond I. All right. so good, y'all. You uh, play it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Japanophile Podcast. No, it's it's River City Ranching Basketball. Stop. Stop it. Just, just, uh, that for sounds, four players. Stop, that sounds I'm wonderful. Your, but just I'm your free, host, just, Jared please, Petty. Please. I once got a freeze-dried lobster from a Tokyo vending machine. I never got a freeze-dried lobster from a Tokyo vending machine. Just, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Thank I'm traveling the listening. earth searching for rice oh, balls and delicious. I did buy farm fresh eggs out of a vending machine there. Jared, don't encourage him. I wanted to actually mention one thing. Uh, last week we talked about uh, PlayStation Now and we talked about uh, games to play as uh, if you have kids. Yeah. And we got and we asked people to email us at uh, beyondidigen.com and we got like like 150 Hundreds. incredible yeah. emails. Yeah. And I read all of them and they're amazing and I wanted to talk about them this week but Fallout came out and I'm sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there's going to be a week soon when a, Fallout yeah. didn't come out we're and we're going to address that, that again uh, yeah. because a lot we we all sort of poo pooed. Uh, uh, <laughs> we poo-pooed. We, we, uh, we defecated. <laughs> we, we all sort of like uh, wrote off PlayStation now because none of us use it. Uh, turns out a lot of people do use it. Yeah, and a lot of people. A lot of people it. really like it. Yeah. Good. So we'll get into that. And then cool. join uh, the Beyond Facebook group. 
That's yeah. right. Facebook.com slash I don't know what the URL is. Slash groups slash podcast beyond. That's right. Boom. That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can check out me and Brian on Up at Noon, which is live at noon Pacific time on mm-hmm. Thursdays. And then the episode goes up shortly after that. And then we break out little pieces and people take them out of context, get real mad at us. No. Um, yeah, but you should watch the whole thing because they, they do so many really neat things oh my, that don't oh my, make those breakouts. So my really dog cool on last yeah, episode. Yeah, it's, re- it's re- like you really got to watch that show live if you can, uh, or at least the full episodes, because there's a lot of stuff that kind of falls between the cracks of the breakouts that are just yeah. really fun. Max and I just being stupid friends and goofing off and hanging out with puppies. and Yeah, you know, good stuff. We fed a dog some cheese. Hanging out with the pups. Hanging yeah. out with the pups. But yeah, it's a fun show. Please watch that. Uh, we'll be doing House Party this weekend in San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. That's this weekend. Uh, if you're not in town for it, you'll probably be able to listen to the episode of GameScoop that we do afterwards or mm-hmm. possibly watch it. But uh, this is obviously a thing we are going to be doing more and more of. Um, so uh, the second you see those tickets go up and you can get to the San Francisco Bay Area or wherever city we're in, uh, we'd love to come see you. And you can come debate games with us and talk to us and hang out. And They're ridiculous yep. fun. Yeah. I mean, they really It's a band. really good, really good time. Meanwhile, PlayStation Experience is coming up in a few weeks, and we are – Rapidly figuring out what's going on there. Yeah, we're, we're gonna do a lot of cool some, stuff. Some yep. kind of community hangout. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, we'll walk around, high five people. Um, thank you all so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity's with two G's and two T's. Brian is Agent Bizzle, and Jared is Petty, comma Jared. Indeed. Uh, thank you, and beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.